strong, sexy, virile. on the Federation, we have the many faces of Mac Daddy Al Wilson, Cheeks Cheez-Its, new champions, and lots of backstage segments. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tyler Fudge, and this is the Federation Podcast. I'm joined here today with, as always, Travis Fudge. There we go. And you can find the Federation Podcast on mofudge.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, our YouTube channel where you can find previews and little, I don't know if I can say special clips, because it's usually just the same as... Podcast. Anyways, (laughs) uh, before we get into this week's SmackDown, I think we should take some time and speak about what happened this week. The main big story being the retirement of Daniel Bryan. Very sad. Very sad. It it was enough to make a grown man openly weep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Two. It was a tearjerker. For yeah, sure. it, 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 it's it was. Oh, I I can't say anything else other than that. Really, when he was amazing. talking about everything after the concussion talk, and I mean, just seeing him closing his eyes and basking in that moment, and hearing him barely being able to contain himself after, like while he was talking, I, I. It was emotional, and when he started talking about everything that he liked, about how he misses the people, and how he misses suicide dives, and how he loves suicide dives because it makes him feel like Superman, Yeah, I thought that that was very emotional. You could tell that the man spoke from the heart, and I mean, as good as the Edge send-off was, this one was way better, and I'm, you know, too many people are saying it, but... I think it's being set for a reason, and I believe that that was the best TV segment in wrestling history. It's just a shame the ratings will never show it. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it'll always be, you know, like, I, is it still the Pat Patterson, or is it, is it this is my life? Um, this is your life, or the Pat Patterson-Gerald Briscoe match, or the Raw where Stone Cold defeated The Undertaker to win the WWE title in 1999. Yeah. One of those. One of those. I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. Uh, The, uh, you know, and and another thing you got to speak, you can't talk about that Daniel Bryan segment. They were talking about what happened as soon as it was going off the air. Oh. Titus O'Neil grabs Vince's arm, and the beginnings of a tussle starts. Really. Essentially. How so? Oh, when it was going off air, it just looked like he grabbed Vince and then forced him into a hug, and then Vince like walked off as it, if he was like with having tremors. Like the way it looked to me was Titus O'Neil as Vince was walking away grabbed the arm of Vince McMahon, 
and was just tugging at him, just fucking with him is what it seemed like to me. And Vince McMahon took great offense to this, and it seemed like it was just like, get the fuck away from me, and walked away. I thought he hugged them. I, I, I don't think it even got to that point, but uh, but like what I'm referring to is a gift, too, so it, there could be parts missing to it as well. Uh, but the way that you look at it, you got to look at it at a professional point. It's kayfabe. Vince McMahon's the Mr. McMahon. Even though he is clapping for Daniel Bryan, he's still Mr. McMahon. Yeah, that's true. So, I, and, and Titus O'Neil, of all guys, to do it. Suspended for 60 days. Mr. Dad of the Year. Suspended for 90 days. 60. Is it 60? I'm pretty sure it's 60. I, I, everywhere I read said 90, but I, okay. we can I, I agree and disagree. I saw on Twitter 60. Maybe it was a typo. Well, I see on Twitter 90, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Twitter. Fuck you, I'm taking great to great offense to this. <laughs> it's like Wikipedia, great man. It's like Wikipedia. Uh, and and did you see happen to see the... I know it was a sharp, hard cut. But did you happen to see the episode of X-Files? I love our monologue. <laughs> have you seen Raw this week? Yeah, Raw was great. Well, have you seen Wait, X-Files? when have you ever said Raw was great? <laughs> what alternate universe is this? The last segment of Raw this week was great. Yes. That's why I The Dudley Boy's heel turn wasn't too bad either. It was, but it's not going to lead anywhere when Bubba Ray's doing Bully Ray and a tag team with Devon in which, now that he's a heel, he knows one word, and that is testify. Yeah, that's all he ever knows anyways. That's true. That's all but, he's ever said. Yes, I saw X-Files. Who the man? He says who the man. Yes, yes, he says who to man. And he, he, he was the man for a brief time. He was. He was for about three weeks. But you know who is the man? <laughs> who? Mulder. 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 Not really, but X-Files was great this week again. <laughs> well, I can't wait to talk about this episode just because who makes an appearance? Oh, Mr. Tim fucking Armstrong of Rancid. Really? He's the trash man. Was he yes, really? Yes, Tim Armstrong. No way. Yes. Oh I couldn't God. believe it when they went into the corner. It's Tim Armstrong. Like, what the fuck? I did not know that, but yeah. it was a great villain. It, yeah, well, it was a disgusting it, villain, and it was great. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Well, you know, he wasn't the monster. He was the artist that painted him. Oh my God, that was Tim Armstrong. Yes, yes. Wow. Okay, now I'm less. Now I'm less shocked. Oh because yeah, well Jesus it, Christ, it, that thing was huge, the band-aid. Yeah, I was kinda shocked, but he was bald, so I was like, nah, yeah, maybe it's too strong. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, and and the episode was called Home Again, which uh, as you pointed out I, on our drive over here was you know, it's because it's a homage to the episode home. Yes. And if and Travis, what is the premise for the episode home? The episode of home is when Mulder and Scully go to a very, very remote small town. And there are some grisly murders that some children playing baseball find from um, underneath ground, essentially. And there is a particular family in... There's a particular family in this episode that keep to themselves. They make their own food. And they also make their own babies within each other's (laughs) bloodline. They are essentially the... uh... I, the, I guess the wild man, those, you know, those people that live on the, the, they live on off of the earth and whatever they make, they make themselves. And, and this is like the type of town that doesn't lock their doors. Everyone knows everyone, you know, it's a very peaceful town, which leads to one of the greatest scenes in X-Files history where all the brothers from this inbred family 
are driving to the sheriff's house in their yeah. Cadillac, oh. and they're playing this doo-wop song. Yes. And yes. they walk into the sheriff's house with their baseball bats. And beat the ever-living piss out of them. And his wife. Yes. As I can't remember as... now, but do both of them die? Yeah, both of them die. Okay, okay. For some reason, I was Fantastic. thinking that one of them stayed behind, but like one of them stayed under the bed. Yeah, oh, that's what the, the wife, wife was, was under, under the, the bed. bed. Yes. But they smelled her. Yeah, and they just feral it fucking beasts. They're, they are feral beasts. And you know who else is feral? Al Wilson's feral. He says that in this episode. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, feral. <laughs> fuck me. What a thing. Uh, but you know, the the comparison to home really ends with the villain. Yeah. Really, essentially, the villain is a throwback to the episode of home. Other than that, it's a whole beast itself. I really enjoyed it. I well, those those segments in which he hunted to kill people were very home-like. Yes, yes. I agree with you. And there. it was written by half of the writers of Home, a.k.a. Glenn Morgan. And the when he went to go kill the uh, lady... That was a very home esque sequence yes. too, with the uh, with the with the another doo-wop song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's what was, that's what I meant. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that that was that was fairly cool too as well. Uh, and uh, I don't have really anything else much to say about like current product news other than oh, I just finished watching NXT. That episode was garbage. Besides from the main event, it was not very good. I'm no. waiting to. Obtain Lucha Underground, but unfortunately, I cannot. It hasn't obtain released it yet. yet. God damn it. Well, we can easily say it. We're from Canada in a part where we don't get El Rey. We also do not get the TLR channel. I don't even get cable. No. I, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Well, like, as far as I know, anyways, the only channel in Canada is playing Lucha Underground, still playing uh, Series 1. Oh, So fuck. it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you heard it here. I illegally download Lucha Underground. I'm sorry, but release it in my woo, fucking country. Woo, woo, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Put it on iTunes or something, for fuck's sakes. I'm pretty sure there's something being worked out. I've heard about that, but just season one. And then when season two is over, it'll go on there as well. God damn it. Yeah, it, it's, We don't need another New Japan on access for shows no. that we need to catch up on. No. You know, in, 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 a day, in a world like today, there is no need for that. But I digress. I can't wait to watch this week's episode of Lucha Underground. I stay away from Twitter and everything as much as possible. Because gifts of it are everywhere. Yeah. All the time. Every Wednesday. I haven't been on Twitter very much. No. I stay away from it at this point, this middle of the week. I saw that, I saw that, that Randy from Suplex City Limits has a taco night for Lucha Underground. That's pretty funny. Uh, it would be, I, you know, I would do something like that if I could watch that cocksucker live too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? But for me, it's like I get home from work. Oh, it's up. Download. Oh, watch it now, I guess. That's just what it is for me. Anyway, should we talk about Raw? As much as I don't want to. I don't mean this week's Raw, but... That's what, that's what I meant. The, the turd-tastic Raw from November 4th of 02. Oh, it's, it's garbage. A little thing to get into first, Travis. What's that? With his contract expiring in less than three months... Okay, he's Hogan is still under contract at this point in time. Well, you can tell they mentioned all yes. the time. He was expected to make a return to WWE TV this month to promote his new book. Uh, Hogan, though, could not come to terms with Vince McMahon on what role he would play when he returned. Thus, all plans for his return have been thrown out. McMahon wanted Hogan to do a job to Brock Lesnar at the November pay-per-view, a.k.a. Survivor Series, uh, to build to a singles match between Vince McMahon at the Royal Rumble. So Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it at this point in time. Really? What else are you going to get Hulk Hogan to do? Well, it happens regardless. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, with no incentive to take part in the angle, Hogan passed and has already fulfilled the maximum number of dates required by his contract. So he basically gave him a big, fuck you. He just walked away. Well, he wanted to go over in the Lesnar match, as the story was. He was promised this Lesnar match. I, I'm pretty sure he was promised a win over Lesnar after yes. he lost to Lesnar. Yes. Uh, and, and he was also he also stated, too, that he wouldn't return unless he was given the title. He wanted the title run. Oh, yikes. And I am so glad. He was never given the title ever again. No. No, sayonara, Hulk Hogan. I'm pretty sure ratings dropped after he won the title at that last show, too. Yes. And by the way, with ratings, Raw in 2002 this week was up from their all-time, well, not all-time low, but lowest of years, 3.4, up to 3.5. Big, big, huge drone. So, let's see what attributed that point one. Nothing. It opens up with (laughs) FUTV. Eric is playing a tape in the office. Of him macking on Steph from SmackDown. Just just enjoying it. And then we get a deep look into a troubled man's soul as Eric Bischoff looks into the mirror at himself. And then we get, you know, the raw music. HBK is here tonight. He gets shown that he has a new shirt for ooh, WWE. Ooh. So he puts on the shirt and he drinks some coffee. Ooh, ooh. So, so, so here we go. Travis, here we go. He, he's like the embodiment of you. There is new shirts and coffee. Tyler, there is so much coffee in this episode of Raw, (laughs) and it branches over to SmackDown this week. Where's the coffee in SmackDown? Oh, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. It's great. Okay. I I, I have memory like... I have a memory like an elephant when it comes to coffee and stuff. You... 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 Coffee and stuff, and that stuff is very broad, sir. I love coffee. <laughs> um, so this week, it's a very, very, um, a very happy moment for me on Raw. Okay. We get the debut of Three Minute Warnings theme song. Yes, I noticed that. Three minutes and we're out of here. Yeah, no, I noticed that. It's a. It's much it's better. A monumental, a monumental jump. Come on, come on, give give, give me the credit here. It's oh, not no, that bad. No, no, I'm not saying that it's, it's bad at all. I'm not it, saying it it's bad at all. It makes you enjoy a little glimpse of a tag team that is oh so terrible. Yes, uh, like it, it doesn't it doesn't save the tag team in no way, shape, or form. But it, it it does add a little bit extra to it. It's like oh, I can withstand these. When guys I was eight years match. old, when these guys were relevant. Not that they were relevant in 2002. I mean, they got relevant for a, a week when they beat up the lesbians. True. Every every time they came out, no matter what, I would pop a little bit because of that theme. Song. <laughs> so give them that credit. But anyways, Three Men of Warning, Faith Bubba Ray, and Jeff Hardy. Yep, yep. And Jeff Hardy has a new shirt that glows in the dark, and so does his pants. Yeah, he's also wearing light pants. He's wearing light pants this week. Still wearing wrestling boots. Yeah. Yeah, not bad, not Jeff bad. Hardy, bravo. Have, you haven't kicked the re- you haven't sold the wrestling boots for meth yet, and come in wrestling in your socks. Or maybe did he sell his regular shoes for meth? Therefore, just a pair of wrestling boots left over from Omega was left over. Can you imagine driving from town to town in wrestling boots? How sweaty those cocksuckers must get! Oh God! No wonder he done all those drugs. True. So, anyways, one spot noteworthy of talking about from this match we get a what's up spot but a variant whereas jeff hardy instead of doing a headbutt he does the leg drop but in doing so with no one to land on he lands straight on his butt therefore holding his tailbone for a long time making you feel like that guy is gonna take way too much painkillers tonight that's his main selling point 
He sells his ass all the time. But good lord, he literally did land straight oh, yeah. on his no, ass. No, no, he did. But like you got, like, I felt extremely bad for him. He's extremely famous. Here we are saying extremely so many times. He's very famous for jumping off that huge ladder on the Bubba Ray Dudley, going through a table doing a swanton bomb, and then holding his ass for the rest of the match. <laughs> well, which he did break his tailbone. Hey, but, I feel like that that is very justified. Oh no, I agree. I agree. But anyways. <laughs> but you can't deny to me that he holds his ass a lot. Three-minute warning defeat Bubba Ray and Jeff Hardy. I really want to say Jeff Dudley every time <laughs> I say that. Holy fuck. With a Samoan drop on Jeff. We go backstage and we get Victoria and the returning Ivory. Yes. I believe this is the last... We haven't her seen life. her since maybe a glimpse into the invasion, but not regularly since RTC. So, we uh, get revealed that we have a hardcore match for the women's title at Survivor Series. And Victoria says that she will steal Trish Stratus' soul at the pay-per-view. We're really planting the seeds for that psycho hose beast Victoria right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So, we get Trish Stratus facing Ivory. Trish Stratus defeats Ivory with a blockbuster. Not a Stratus faction, but a Jumping bulldog from the top rope. That's not uh, that's not a blockbuster though. I thought a blockbuster wasn't a blockbuster. Was, what what uh, Buff Bagwell used to do with the flipping neckbreaker? I thought a blockbuster was when he jumped from the top rope and then did a bulldog while jumping off the top rope. I'm probably wrong. I never I watched know. a lot of Buff Bagwell. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the the Buff Bagwell finishes the block. I don't, I, don't know. I digress. It I doesn't matter. Corrected. It was at least we know it, it was, was a bulldog a top off rope the top bulldog. rope. Yeah, <laughs> and. Anyways, Victoria was on commentary during this match wearing a cowboy hat, just like Trish Stratus. Oh boy, I didn't see that part. And let's as, make this known: I did not set aside the time to to thoroughly watch this episode. Of that's Rush. okay. I don't blame you at all, Tyler. I made the mistake of looking at the card before I watched it. Oh, oh my do fuck! It. You, you got to surprise yourself during Raw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. Like you talk about a, like a, a shallow depth of roster. Just wait until we get Big Papa Pump. Oh. Then it's all at replenished. Least, but at least you've got the novelty of it being Scott Steiner. You know what I mean? For a couple weeks. That's all. Once we I get need. to that Triple H feud, everything Triple H touches on this show, except for Shawn Michaels, Turn is absolute shit. dog shit. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about some more dog shit. Victoria oh. is at the commentary table as Trish Stratus walks up to the ramp celebrating her win against Ivory. Victoria throws her water bottle at Trish, therefore starting a fucking riot. <laughs> I mean, you can't fucking ruin the weave, right? Yeah. So, anyways, moving on from that, the New Ugh. England Patriots are in the front row, and they are all bros, bro. Way before the uh, the uh, Tom Brady time. Yeah. Um, we got some more FUTV with Terry and Victoria backstage. They're ripping off her shirt. I paid attention to that. Terry wants to interview <laughs> Victoria later when she gets it together. But Victoria takes extreme offense to this. So she insults her and rips off her shirt. We get a lot of screaming. RNN breaking news. Randy Orton's shoulder has improved from 31% mobility to 33 as to every time you say RNN, I'm always surprised. Like, what's RNN? <laughs> every fucking time. Brandy News Network, yeah. boys. Ring ropes line his bassinet. Just, oh, God. 
The, everything about that is horrible besides for Randy Orton. <laughs> right? Like, the whole circumstances around it, the whole build-up to it. The essential video is horrible. Oh, yeah. It's just Randy Orton and his cocky arrogance yeah. just shines through. Like, how many times can you say that I like this guy because he's the cockiest prick in the world? Not very often. No, no. But it works really well here, and I think it it really helped him develop a character Yeah. when he really had no character coming for him. None whatsoever. He, he had flashy tights, and that was about it. Yeah. A blue and yellow fucking shorties. Cool cool tribal tattoos, Cool bro. tribal tattoos, bro. Yeah, all over the place. Super uber 2000. <laughs> um, backstage, Eric Bischoff meets up with a techie, and he yells at him for not... For putting a camera in his own damn office for FUTV. He's fired. F-I-R-E-D. Fired up. F-U. So, we get Triple H and Ric Flair coming into Eric Bischoff's office. They sit on the couch without even being invited to take a seat. They just, they just you know, well, I mean, essentially, sit. Essentially, Triple H still is working for his father. Yeah, I guess so. The divorce is no. finalized. Well, he does say ex-wife a lot. I mean, yeah, but didn't they just file the divorce? He asked for a divorce in, like, January. Really? In storyline. Like, last January? Like, like January a year of ago? January of 02. When he returned, they renewed their vows on Raw. Yeah. And at the end of her renewing her vows, Triple H revealed... Triple H revealed that he uh, knew that she wasn't really pregnant because yeah. he found out that it was all a fucking ruse. Yeah, that's where her titty fell out. Yep. Well, <laughs> it's not that her titty fell well, out. Her shirt was just too... She had a Brie... She had a Brie Bella moment. Yeah. 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 So, Triple H wants the HBK problem fixed, and he also feels like he is being treated like crap since the rosters were frozen with casket matches, elimination chambers... Triple H even thinks that Eric and Steph are in cahoots to screw Triple H. Oh, yeah, of course, with opponents like Kane well, we also and get, RVD. We get the line of the night. I put a mask on to screw a mannequin. You put a mask on to screw my ex-wife. <laughs> Eskimo brothers, bro. <laughs> Fuck. We get the Un-Americans. Uh. They complain about America. Scott Steiner teases a return we, during an un-American segment. We get sirens, essentially. Yeah, and we get Big Papa Pump talking about how he's a freak. Basically, just a WCW promo. He's a big bad the booty daddy. They didn't even try. I love Scott Steiner, so I'm excited to hear him yell a lot. Oh, no, me too, but like they, they literally did not try. They just got a video of a siren and put old WCW clips yeah. in front of it. Sure. Not even video clips. Audio. That's it. A podcast played on the Titan Tron form. They should have just played Sirens, and then, if if it was this day and age, just play him playing, He's fat! Yeah, yeah. fat asses! Fat asses! That's, that's one of my favorite songs in the world. So, we get Tommy Dreamer and Al Snow coming out to face the Un-Americans. Tommy Dreamer is wearing a baseball hat. Yeah. And the Un-Americans defeat Dreamer and Al Snow after Regal punts Tommy in the face. I'm so glad you stopped that match there. Yeah, I'm... Lance Storm is... Wow, like, I... I, I... Okay. They didn't give him nothing to work with, essentially. I don't want to sound like a prick, because I know that this podcast 
has like history. Well, it's not like Lance Storm's ever going to hear it. He already blocked us on Twitter, right? I so. don't even care about that. No, but I, I I liked Lance Storm a lot at the beginning of this show because he was just you know a toned down good wrestler, good hand. But so. the un-American shit happened. It's the oldest, the driest, the most vanilla gimmick you can possibly give someone that doesn't live in America. Yeah. The anti-American gimmick. Yeah. And it hasn't changed since July. It hasn't changed no. one Well, bit. I mean, you got it. Well, it did. You no. got Regal. No, but his gimmick still No, no. I mean, the whole thing. And that was his has. thing since, like, 1999. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it definitely hit its peak in WCW. Yeah, you know, like it, and he's keeping it going. Like the Stu, what did he call the hardcore title? The Stu Hard Invitational, something like that. Yeah, no, no, the hardcore title I think was the Saskatchewan title, wasn't it? Was it okay? I don't know, but there was there was a bunch of them. But regardless, Lance Storm, you're getting worse and worse. I can't wait until you start dancing, and we're <laughs> not even getting to that. So, anyways, HBK is backstage with his new shirt, and he's making coffee, and he's having some small talk. But he's asking for Triple H's locker room. So as uh, Shawn Michaels leaves, Batista walks by. He's debuting next. We get uh, some more backstage segments. Stacy and Test are backstage. And uh, Test is brushing his hair. And Stacy has a big bag of fan mail in a typical uh, knapsack that you'd find fan mail in on Warner Brothers shows. and How stuff much like you want to bet that she just got a bunch of envelopes to put them in a the bag? Oh, sure. Sure. It like, was kayfabe-wise, too. Like, this is not, like, how they It was probably it. royalty checks. And I, then they probably just threw it away after that, because does Sunny really need money? No, she doesn't. She's just gonna fuck it. Fuck you vivid money, baby. Fuck you vivid money. I'm telling you, if you want to hear the finest review of Sunny Side Up you'll ever hear, I want you to listen to this week's episode of Suplex City Limits. No way. Oh, well, like, it's not full, it's not the whole episode, it's not a review of it. But they're reviewing it? Well, no, not essentially, uh, but, uh, uh, Jim has, has he, he took the, the unfortunate, you know, step forward and watched it for reviewing purposes from middle, from start to end. For reviewing purposes. Well, I mean, when you start it from start to end, I mean, you can't beat off that long. You can't. You'll well, just you'll just you just does it count rough, if you rough. just stay flaccid the whole time? Yeah, because it is sunny. It, 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 in yes. 2016. But I really don't think that from the clip that I seen, just the preview clip, it's hard to stay hard. Well, that's what I mean. If you stay flaccid the whole yeah. time, I wouldn't be able to beat off to that. I, not even, not a chance. <laughs> no, especially after hearing the review. I'm telling you, check it out. Uh, it's on this week's episode of Suplex City Limits with uh, Gully, Gully, the Gully, blah, blah, blah. fuck, that's a hard name to say, man. Gully Blanchard. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. That's and actually, great. actually, a little tidbit, Gully Blanchard will be on the uh, an upcoming episode of Mucha Lucha. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyways, Stacy is reading some fan letters. The first one is for her. Tessa's still preoccupied combing his hair. Yeah, comb it now, buddy, because it ain't going to be there for long. We get one letter for Tess, talking about how she loves his testicles. But then Stacy says that she has a great idea and that Tess should cut his hair. 
test is not. I didn't even realize that that came up. Yeah, yeah. So she leads him to a barber, and then we cut to Big Dave Blutista debuting. Oh, yeah. Let's... Poor just incredible. He got a, absolutely obliterated by Big Dave here. Minute twenty-five. Just incredible. Goodbye. I don't know where you're going to go after this, but I don't think we ever see you again on the Hit main roster. With the X fact. No, that was already happened, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's already yeah. happened. He's just, just, <laughs> just incredible. He's just, just yeah, he's, he's soon going to be relegated to a PJ Polacco. He might appear on Heat every now and then after this. Have he might have Stevie. appeared on Heat. The last time I think I saw him after this was when Brock Lesnar debuted and he destroyed a bunch of people. Fair enough. He's, he's good at selling. So, hey. That's about all he's good, good at. Yeah. Uh, I think myself Justin Credible's garbage. He looks Absolute like, garbage. He looks like trash. Well, I mean, like I, I, I hate to always, I hate to reference uh, like other podcasts. Just to, just I don't like just it's, I don't know it gives a stigma. But the 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 name Ratface Knacker fits him completely well. One hundred percent. He would do well as a relative to Jamie Noble. Oh, oh, definitely. Oh my God. Why didn't they capitalize on that? That would have been pretty good. They had good. the exact same attire, besides for a t-shirt. Let him grow out a rat tail or something like oh. that? Christ. That, Bring Jamie money. Dundee in there? That's money. Oh, man. Oh, that's money. Get rid of Nitty and just use Jamie Dundee. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucking... That, that's a stable to die for. Yep. Now, that is your trailer park trash stable. And, oh, add it up with Jimmy Wang Yang... Oh come on! Don't don't tell me that that would be the greatest stable ever. I mean, I mean, when that stable was dying down, once their once their true heel run was over, then I would add Jimmy Wang Yang to it. But I, I would give him a little bit of credibility first before you fucking just credibility with Jamie Dundee. Just well, I mean, you can find a way to do it. I'm sure Jamie Dundee is not. We'll just have. Jamie he's not Dundee. that incoherent. Right? <laughs> He's pretty incoherent. I mean, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, anyways, we get Triple H and Ric Flair walking backstage. They say that they're going to call Tri- uh, Shawn Michaels out inside the ring. They go inside the ring and they call Shawn Michaels out and they get Booker T instead. Booker T says that you better watch out for him tonight because the main event is uh, Booker T and Kane versus Chris Jericho and Triple H. Just a thrown together match. Triple H believes that he can't even hold his jock strap. Booker T walks to the ring and he gets face to face with uh, Triple H and he shit talks the hell out of Triple H. He ends the promo with "Don't hate the player, hate the game." A very uh, an old school line at this point that he hasn't used probably for about a year and a half. Basically, because Triple H went for the game name, he has the game name probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is the beginning seeds of the uh, the racial. The racial thing, I guess. Yeah, well, we guess sees that this is going to be a feud sometime, yeah. right? Yeah, and then it just goes the all-out fucking... <laughs> like, think about this now, Travis. This is a little bit too soon, but that feud takes part around Black History Month. February? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Well, after. After, yeah. It's still around. It's close. It's like, okay, boys, it's March 1st. Start the racist angle against the black folk. Really? It's just, fuck me, man. Oh, boys, it's February. Time to suspend the fucking most upstanding black person we have on the roster. Yeah. Oh. Um. So we get Y2J coming out. 
And then we realize that it's one of these promos where individually everyone comes out to get their say in. He's still upset about being called a sucker. So we get the debut of one of my uh, memories as a child, the Juke and Jive. The Juke and Jive. The Juke and Jive. He used to do this all the time. Oh, that was when he punched into the leg piece, right? Yeah. 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 The yeah. Juke and Jive. So Triple H and Y2J ambush Booker T. Kane runs down. And we get no sight of RVD. No RVD at all. Dude. Dude, bro. In stone, bro. In the back, bro. So. <laughs> so I'm sure there's one more match to my match, bro. So Stacy is backstage watching Test get his haircut. And she says that she can see his testicles growing as his hair gets shorter. <laughs> Funny. that's that, that came out a lot more different. Then I <laughs> you made it sound like she was cutting his pubes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Stacy is looking fine oh, tonight. By that, the way, that oh, holy that lady, fuck, that lady. I realized this as she was coming down. Not to say that you know, as soon as you fucking immediately see her, that you can realize this. But anyways, Tess defeats Hurricane with an overdrive, and after the match, Tess has a big announcement, but he's very trepidatious to say it. Stacy gives him a kiss to barter. And Tess says that he loves his testicles. Fuck, bros before hoes, bro. Bros before hoes. You conformed. He conformed, but I think anyone would conform... To Stacey Keebler. To Stacey Keebler. We get an Elimination Chamber video package, which is essentially a bunch of blueprints with Eric Bischoff yelling things in the background. We get a Jericho promo with his saliva song from the WWE Anthology CD that they incessantly advertise on Raw and SmackDown this week. Yeah. We Which get YG- we had. <laughs> we did have it. And I played the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, you did. I think I think one of the did stop working, didn't it? Possibly. I bet you it was the Attitude Era one. Probably. Um, we get Y2J and Christian, aka Vitamin C in the locker room. Christian says to Chris Jericho that he is not a sucker. He what his actual wording very grammatically incorrect yeah you ain't no sucker no you ain't not no sucker you ain't not no sucker fair enough christian says that he's gonna beat rvd down so much tonight that he's gonna get his spot in the elimination chamber and then he's gonna become the WWE champion but then chris jericho says no i'm gonna be the WWE champion and therefore we get an argument between two heels which is a never-ending argument so we see our y2j leave and the hallway where it, Triple H stops him outside his locker room has an FUTV camera set up. I'm already getting sick of this FUTV. FUTV catches Y2J calling X, uh, HBK the has-been kid. And Chris asks if Eric is giving Steph his own three-minute warning. And as all the men leave and part their own ways, Tri- uh, Shawn Michaels is watching, lurking, stalking in the background with some coffee in his hand. He still got the coffee. RVD defeats Christian with a five-star frog splash. And after this match, because this match was really a match that you would expect, you, you can literally recite an RVD and Christian match from Raw 2002 in your head right now. It's 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 your quintessential. Christian gets a 2 minute match. upper hand, RVD kicks, RVD flies, RVD gets a rolling thunder. We get a 5 star frog splash. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Let's talk about Christopher Nowinski for a bit, shall we? Oh god. 
One thing I've noticed about you going through this episode and me not seeing this episode, it's like this episode, this show does not change week by week. No, no, nothing, it doesn't. nothing happens. The exact same things happen, and it's like, what the fuck? I don't want to make this review as short and to the point as I do. Oh, I, I would, wouldn't be. I would rather bothered. talk about SmackDown and. I just feel like it's good to cover what happens yeah. on oh, Raw. Well, it helps for the just pay-per-view. for context, yeah. exactly for pay per view. So I, I take an hour and a half out of my week <laughs> for the show yeah. to watch this. It's not for fun. No, God, no. There's nothing fun about it. But I do it, and I don't feel like a lot of this stuff is worth talking about. No. So I. But I'm, what did Chris Nowinski do? He took four minutes to say that Harvard's great. Oh, fuck you, Chris Nowinski. Al Snow interrupts him. Again with Al Snow. And he distracts Christopher Nowinski. In what fucking world is Al Snow in two segments? Really? Really? In 2002, in what (laughs) world does Al Snow deserve two fucking segments? People won't even take his goddamn VHS tape on Wrestling Observer Live. They don't even want it. Because no one wants to hear Al Snow talk about how stupid you are because you don't know what a spot is and what a high spot is. <laughs> What's a high spot? Well, well, it's like having sex with a girl. Are you stupid or something? Are you a virgin? What? <laughs> high spot's like having sex with a girl. Once you pop, it's done. So you gotta make that pop count. It's like, fuck you, Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, when Jesus have you ever fucking had Christ. anyone pop for you except for in 1998 when people thought that you were retarded? Yeah, 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 legit. Like, thought you were fucking special. Fuck you, Al Snow. I used to like you a lot when you were a kid, but that's when I was a kid and I didn't know anybody. Yeah, yeah, you can chalk a lot of people, like, liking a lot of guys. Like, I like Test. Only because in SmackDown, like, legit, like, the first SmackDown game, he was fucking huge. <laughs> he was so much bigger than everybody. Not even granted. Like, it wasn't even the scale. Like, he towered over The Undertaker. Yeah. And was, like, head over heels, shoulders, thicker than The Undertaker. Just, like, didn't make no sense at all. <laughs> um, so, while Al Snow distracts Christopher Nowinski, we get a return stalking in the background behind Christopher Nowinski in the ring. And that man... Is none other than Tough Enough number one winner, Maven. Woo. <laughs> and Maven turns Christopher Nowinski around, knocks him down with a one thing that Maven did very nicely in his career. Dropkick? A dropkick. <laughs> he did a very nice dropkick. <laughs> I also had a strong fascination for Maven's theme when I was a kid. I did too. I really like yeah, Maven's theme. I can, I can remember Maven's theme. You know what though? I also liked the Raw theme from 2002 a I lot. Hated and it, it. I to me, I feel like it gets shit on unjustly. Fairly so, enjoyed it. Did you watch the episode of Raw in which Jackie's tit fell out when they were all trashly whore dancing to the live rendition of the Raw theme? No, because I remember, I think seeing glimpses of it on Raw like live. And remembering just how god-awful that live version of it is. Yeah. And decided to never even look for it again. And plus, really, Jackie's tits are the last tits I want to see. You see them a lot in the history of WWE. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to look for Jackie's tits. Nah. If they fall across my screen, I'll look at them. (laughs) Um, Other than that, no. I got a little tidbit to tell you. Sure. The same... 
band that plays Maven's theme. Yeah. I believe also recorded the first ever Babyface theme for Randy Orton. I can't quite. Hey! Nothing you can say! I love that fucking song. I believe that they are the same band. Nothing you can say. I believe it's called Mercy Drive. I think that they were called Mercy Drive, and I believe that they both they did both those songs. I I love that song. I'm not gonna lie. I I I used to have a buddy at work that we used to just we passed by and I'd be like, hey, and he'd be like, well, nothing you can say. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, we had Goldust and came back. Stage Goldust says that he has the best tag team partner in Booker T tonight. Two Kane, I mean, and he suggests to try some breathing exercises because Kane is very upset. So he says, "Do some breathing exercises, Kane. Start from the bottom and go to the top." You know, like, yeah. I, I did it terribly just then. Well, I mean, it's and I spat on you, I believe. No, you didn't actually. It can't be any worse than the Goldust R Truth segments from uh, from the EMP Museum this week on Raw. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, it was at the EMP yeah. Museum. Which, which we had a blast there. I love it. And harken it. back to one of our Going to California episodes. Yes. If you want to hear us actually talk about it the day we went there. Yes, I believe it's Going to California episode. Uh, Should be episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Seattle, be. and that was when we were super cranky. Oh, no, yeah, it was, what a fucking. I mean, like, wouldn't you be cranky, though, if you drove 18 hours and then drove around Seattle for a day after? Seattle is like fucking road warrior territory, too. It's it like is. Mad Max. I had never no driven rules. in such a ruthless fucking city in Like, like the, the, the traffic in Seattle is, all I can say, is ruthless. Yeah. Like, if you don't push your way out, you ain't fucking getting out. We stood in, we sat in that car after eating at Mama's Mexican restaurant for fucking ever trying to get out. Tyler, Nobody would let us out. Red lights don't even mean shit in that city. No. You, if there's a red light, oh, I have a chance to leave? Well, fuck that, I'm yeah. going. Oh, nothing's coming? Fuck you. So, Kane gets upset. Booker T comes and becomes the voice of reason. He says, who would want to have sex with a dead body anyway? Goldust raises his hand. Kane ends the segment <laughs> with a sucka. And then we uh, transition to Shawn Michaels in which he finds Triple H's locker room. But doesn't really care because Triple H is going to be wrestling right now anyway. So I can go see him in the ring. Triple H and Booker T are in the ring. And during the tag team match, it ends with Shawn Michaels hitting the sweet chin music during a pedigree setup on Booker T. Kane and Y2J and the referee are knocked down outside. HBK tosses the ref inside after that sweet chin music. One good match. Get the fuck finish. Yeah. I. <laughs> the uh, only match on this show that you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that match. Fuck you. Once again, there's nothing to talk about. Shawn Michaels says that he's going to say goodnight to Boston on stage. But then he remembers, hey, I've got a question to answer from uh, Eric Bischoff from last week. And then he says that he is going to be a part of the Elimination Chamber this year. The highlight of Raw. Fuck you, Raw. Let's talk about SmackDown. With, uh, with just since we have... I, I, I coordinated my notes very well this week. Really? And yes, following this abysmal episode of Raw, I decided to uh, equip it with this little tidbit, okay? this Around this time in 2002, WWE had canceled two upcoming Monday Night SmackDown house shows at the same time as attendance continues to drop. 
Multiple correspondents in recent weeks continue to talk about how attendance at their local arena is by far the lowest point in years, in some cases lower than what WCW Thunder and ECW house shows were drawing just a few years ago. That, that my friend, is the byproduct of this garbage raw. Yikes. Because SmackDown can do whatever they want. Raw is the flagship show. So people will judge the WWE by Raw and Raw alone, especially this early into the brand extension. Yeah. Right? So SmackDown is still the B show. But but on this episode of SmackDown, Travis, Velocity was taped. But you know what else was taped? Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Yes. This looks like garbage. Uh, you know what, though? It's Super Tuesday is a 10-man tag team match with Chris Jericho, Christian, Jamal, Rosie, and Triple H. Against Booker T, Bubba Ray Dudley, Jeff Hardy, Kane, and Rob Van Dam. That's bound to be a clusterfuck because it only lasts for eight minutes. <laughs> right? Like, it's like a Survivor Series match going on for eight minutes. It makes no sense. But then you get Eddie Guerrero against Chris Benoit on Edge, which still only goes seven minutes. But uh, at Cold Incision requested we do this show. What? There's a guy on Twitter, at Cold Incision. He requested that we review SmackDown's Super Tuesday. Oh, he wants us to review Super Tuesday? Yes, it's only an hour. I figured that this was going to be in replace of SmackDown that week. No, 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 it's just oh. a little one-hour live segment. Oh, I, 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 I'm We not, can easily just throw it in front of an episode. I'm not opposed. Just review those two matches, we can just, like, we do Raw, we do that, we can just cut the Raw one a little short. Super Tuesday will be a super podcast. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe we'll just record it and have it on its own standalone, like, 15-minute episode. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I am okay with whatever. May as well get every last bit of O2 in before it ends, right? Might as well, because it's, it's fastly ending. Uh, but on Velocity this week, Travis, Chuck and Funaki defeated Reverend Devon and Ron Simmons. Anybody can beat these guys now. Uh, Albert defeated Vince Vicalo, which there's no info on him whatsoever. And Tajiri defeated Crash. No. Oh. And SmackDown this week is coming from the Verizon Wireless Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire, not to be mistaken for England. And got a 3.6. Did better than Raw. Yeah, way up from its 3.3 last week. Impressive. Yeah, not bad. So uh, this takes place on no- November the 7th, 2002. And tonight we will see Edge and Mysterio versus Benoit and Angle in a two out of three falls Whoa. match for the WWE Tag Team Champions ship. But first, we get an intergender tag team match between Tori and Kidman against Noble and Lydia. Let's show you how great our tag team division can be by showing you how bad it really is. This episode dates itself so bad, too. By saying that Nidia will be on this week's blind date. Right? Oh my god. Which I, I immediately popped when I heard it. Uh, you know, it, it's... And going... Just stepping back a couple a couple steps there. When uh, when I said... When you said that this episode of SmackDown sucked. All I could I think of... I didn't say it sucked. Well, no. You were less than desirable. But well, all I could have think of it was like... The main event, though... <laughs> The main event the is amazing. The main event amazing. was great, but nothing noteworthy happened on that show other than that. <coughs> this big show and Brock Lesnar feud does not interest me one bit. The only thing that's redeemable about this feud happened tonight, and it didn't last very long. And it involved <coughs> our boy, our fucking, our golden fucking goose out of this <laughs> whole thing, Matt Hardy. Yes. Which it, it that I, was a great that was a great segment and we'll get to it and it's it's actually fairly early I believe at least it starts fairly early 
Um, but this match, this match, Travis, it, it, it's it's. I mean, when you get Noble and Kidman in the ring, it's you know very very easy to watch. Yeah. But Tori Wilson and Nydia are two women that should never step into a ring ever. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, it starts off with some nice. Uh, you get some arm drags with Kibben. Uh, Noble has him in a, is in a wrist lock. Noble does a cartwheel to get out of it and turns it into a beautiful Northern Light suplex. Uh, but uh, Nidia gets a blind tag and she starts beating down Kibben. That's the one thing you can get about Nidia is she will fight all the guys and she has no qualms about it. Very fiery. She, yeah, she's fine with getting punched in the face. Uh, but then uh, that seventies Tori Wilson decides to show up and show what kind of wrestler she is. Uh, but waiting till Kidman tagged her. It's an intergender match. The women are not allowed to fight the men. The men are not allowed to fight the women. So essentially, as soon as the woman gets tagged in, the other woman just has to prance on in. Yeah, it's, well, it's awkward. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. And at one point in time, Noble took a swing at Tori, but she ducked, gives him a slap. The Noble doesn't like this too much, so he hits a vicious clothesline on Tori. Yeah, I know. But what I couldn't understand is, why the fuck did Nidia tag in Noble? After he done that clothesline. It's not like he can pin her. She could have just pinned Tori. Yeah. As is. And then win the match. Because how many women of Tori's endurance and strength is going to actually be conscious after a stiff clothesline from not Redneck many. Superman? Not many. Uh, speaking of uh, Redneck Superman, Travis. We've got the uh, the Redneck rookie, AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, you were, you mentioned something oh, about... Oh, I was going to save that for after SmackDown. Oh, okay, well, you know what? Just, just not to stray off of topic. Remind me, remind me to go oh, back to Oh, don't worry. I, 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 I think that this is revelatory. Okay, okay, okay. I think that if, if anyone hears this that hasn't heard it yet, because I really think that it's, it's groundbreaking news, it's breaking. Fair enough. I found it this morning. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, uh, basically, the match ends with Kidman hits a bulldog and a shooting star press. One, two, three. Kidman pins the cruiserweight champion. We go backstage and show Bully is a poor security guard, and he arrives through the smallest door in the arena. Oh, the yeah, it's, like it's, this was comical. They probably tried to find the smallest door that Big Show could walk through. Probably, probably. Uh, so, but he tells the security guard to tell Lesnar that the Big Show is here. We cut to Sweaty Titty Tori and Big Daddy Al. He tells Tori that it's been lonely in the Wilson home since her mom left. And it's going to, he's going to do something tonight for him. She can't judge. She agreed. Sacred bond between father and daughter. Backstage, Funaki is with Mark Jindrag. I mean, I mean John Cena. He rhymes C with Choppy, me with Funaki, and Pieces with Feces. We also get the Word Life debut. We do. We do. Word Life. But what the fuck is Cheeks Cheez-Its? That's what he says is in Rikishi's ass. I don't know if Cheek Cheez-Its is some kind of cracker. But you know what, man? I would take these beginning cringeworthy Cena raps over just like everything he does, Rikishi's second-rate raps. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, in, I enjoyed one part about Rikishi's rap. Word to your mother. Yeah, exactly. It's that, the, the white boy word to your mother. Uh, then we go to backstage. Oh, what? Steph's watching that kiss with some coffee. Yes. With some coffee. I didn't notice the coffee. There's something in the coffee in the WWE right now. No, they're all watching Twin Peaks is all it is. Oh. 
Oh, see, Don Don returned everyone on to Twin Peaks, yeah. and then Al Al Wilson, the the life of the party backstage, just got everyone else into Twin Peaks because Don Ree turned them on to Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta be it. And I bet you on the other side of the on the other side of the roster, we got Jeff Hardy just high as shit watching Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, but Raven's he's... probably watching Twin Peaks too. <laughs> oh, you know Raven's watching Twin Peaks. You just know it. Oh, Raven and Hardy probably have fucking backstage get-togethers to watch Twin Peaks. What episode are we watching today, Jeff? Oh. Twin Peaks is my life. I don't care. But, uh, but <laughs> Eddie and Chava walk in the, in the staff's office, and we, you know, it reveals the kiss that rocked her world. They argue that they should have the title match tonight against Angle and Benoit since Eddie defeated Edge. They also lost to Benoit and Angle at Rebellion, but we forget about that. In passing, I want to mention that Eddie has some tremendous back knee. Oh yeah, he does, and 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 a nice ponytail. Nice ponytail too. Uh, Steph says that you know since he wants to be in the ring with a champion so much tonight, then he's going to face the WWE champion Brock Lesnar in a, in a no non-title match, or what does NXT call it now? A title free match. Yes, title like free. Oh my fuck, so bad. Just, oh, just garbage. Uh, now, next, though, is Rikishi versus John Cena. Cena starts screaming and receives a throat strike and well, then punches Rikishi in the ass and sells it. Before that, though, that's the only room. He trips Rikishi and then yes, he as does. he trips Rikishi, he gives a red X. Yeah. And he just jumps around the ring with the red X. <laughs> like a fucking villain from. Like Alice in Wonderland or something, man. Just the way that he pounced and stuff. There's, there's, there's some th- times where I look at scenes and it's like, okay, this is not bad. This was actually kind of funny. Probably Rikishi's best match that he has had on the roster since. Probably it, it was the least cringeworthy one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, not Cena's missile dropkick though. That that thing is fucking god awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially when he goes up top to do it. Just, he falls so awkwardly. Cena not doing something graceful? Yeah, right, right. What are you saying? He falls like a goddamn rock. What are you doing? <laughs> Rikishi backs it up, hits a stink face, choke slam, and a rump shaker for the win. Rikishi dances, and Cole says that this is what SmackDown is all about. Verbatim exactly what I have writ- written down. I, I couldn't believe when they said this is what SmackDown yeah. is all about. This is not even close. Your main event is what SmackDown is all about. But now, Travis, it's time for 15 minutes of backstage non-wrestling segments. At least the first one's really good. Yes. Matt Hardy appears and gives Shannon Moore a V1 shirt and chastises Moore for putting sugar in his coffee. Empty calories. Empty calories, Travis. He says he won't it see... It will leave him with an unfortunate twist of fate. Yes. But yes. see, he's also drinking coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. See? This is like the fucking fifth time that someone's drinking coffee in this week. Maybe maybe Paul Heyman uh, had, a, had a... And Matt's the only one with the cure. If you don't put sugar in it, you're not prone to the effects. Like Shawn Michaels was. And 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 Steph. <laughs> Whoever else is drinking the coffee. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just really thought that the amount of times that people were drinking coffee this week, there was, must have been some sort of inside joke that Vince was like fixated upon. He's like, coffee, goddammit. It, it's possible. Week, I, God I've, I've it. heard of Vince being fixated on worse things. Uh, but Matt says that he won't see his first MFR, we get the MFRs, go down with that twist of fate. Now, Don is rubbing lotion on her legs, and here comes Mac Daddy Al. It's like he knows when a chick is moist. 
It's like a radar of something. Ting, ting, ting. Glistening skin at three o'clock. Confirmed female. High alert. <laughs> Leave it at that. I'm Beryl. Hear me roar. <laughs> then we go back to Matt. And he must have ran to Brock Lesnar's locker room. He meets Paul at the door. He says, you know what happens when people have a problem with Brock? They have to deal with Matt Hardy, version one. He's going to demand the match against the Big Show tonight and soften him up, just like he softened up Lesnar, or Undertaker. Paul Heyman thanks him and calls <laughs> him amazing. Bubby. It's amazing. Like a Jewish grandmother, he calls Matt Hardy Bubby. Yeah. Well, yeah, so Paul thanks Matt for all that he's done to Brock and says that Mattitude is going to be the next big thing. We further get Heyman turn. When he criticizes Brock by saying that he can't get the big show tonight. But wasn't it great, though, when he goes into Brock's locker room and then he turns the chair around, sits down, and he's like, Matt Hardy! Yeah. Like, oh my... You'll never guess what Matt Hardy just did. Oh my god, it was so good! Yeah. Well, because, like, it was a part of being a sarcastic part, uh, trying to calm Brock down. You know, saying that... You know, Matt, you know, sarcastic saying that Mar- Matt is going to take care of the Big Show, but trying to save that so that Brock Lesnar can go another week without attacking the Big Show. You could have done this every two months if Lesnar held that title on for longer. Do that every two months to one of the babyface challengers that Lesnar has. Just get Matt Hardy to try and take him out. Yeah. Give Matt Hardy that one big win out of one of the challengers yeah. cheap, cheaply, but it gives him enough to be like, yeah, I've, I, I beat The Undertaker. I, I beat The Big Show. Just like things like that. I wish they would have went a little bit further with the Matt Hardy, Paul Heyman, Paul Brock Lesnar Me stuff. too. I really do. Me too. Because that had, that had to me, uh, just just glimpses of, of just greatness and so much fun. I don't care if it's not your traditional wrestling storyline or if it plays out well. It's fun to watch. Well, just like, e- even to the point where Matt Hardy would get a win over these big guys that yeah. were going for the title, have like his MFers cost him the win. Yeah. It's like Shannon Moore and Crash Holly come out and, you know, they just distract Big Show. They hold onto his legs. They do a, like a, I don't know. You know basically, what I'm Basically a, a Noble Mercury type deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Paul Heyman, he criticizes Brock Lesnar by saying that he can't get the Big Show tonight. And that's why you defend the title and I negotiate it. Let him do his job just to worry about Eddie Guerrero. So you know something is coming. Uh, somebody's turning on somebody, just matter of time, and who is that does the turn. Yeah. It's now time, Travis, for the many faces of Val Wilson. He has one of the most animated mouths. Oh, just, I couldn't, like we've said many times in this episode already, Don makes him feel strong, sexy, and feral. Feral. In his best John Travolta pose from Saturday Night Live. We are or both Saturday Night Fever, sorry. Just gyrates his crotch. Oh, yeah. it's Meryl! You, you guys have got to check it out. You've got to check out that clip. That clip is just ungodly. Taz is taking the piss out of oh, this the whole time, it. too. Oh, he hates it. You can tell. And, you know, the crowd is not having any of it either. And, Travis, you know what, though? I did some digging because I wanted to find out who this guy is. I wanted to find out who the real Al Wilson is. Travis, do you know who the real Al Wilson is? Oh, this is some National Enquirer shit here. No, it's not. 
Oh. Al Wilson's Al Wilson. He's actually Tori's father. Oh, I knew that. Is Did you? I thought he was an actor. Oh, yeah. I knew it was Al Wilson. I didn't know he was a real father. I had to stumble across a photo from 2012. Although, I did think <laughs> that back in 2002 or 03, I think it was 03 when it happened, I was eight at the time. Yeah. I thought Al Wilson really died. <laughs> I thought he really died. Put the they done the decal on the fucking screen. They done the trivia. They did wh- okay. That decal comes up a lot in two thousand two and oh three because Miss Elizabeth dies, Kurt Henning dies, mm. Stu Hart dies, Kurt Henning uh, and a, a Davy Boy dies, Hawk dies. You see it a lot, so you know something serious happens yeah, when you, you see, see that Al graphic. Wilson. Then it's just Al Wilson. Yeah, I thought that it was true. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, he then proceeds to get down on one knee and ask Don Marie to marry him. Our second proposal in three months, Travis. Yep. Alvin says, if it don't, if you don't want to marry me, I will kill myself. Straight out of Axl Rose Swear right here. to God. <laughs> May as well play Sweet Child of Mine when you're fucking <laughs> doing this. November rain. Well, no, Sweet Child of Mine. He wrote it to his girl. He wrote it about his girlfriend, but I believe he either wrote it around the same time that he threatened to kill himself if he ever left her. Oh, wow. Or something like that. What a loser. What a, what a phony. <laughs> Big fat phony. Fat ass. Fat ass. This shitty fucking computer made me lose my spot. God damn it. Um, Tori is leaving the arena early. Oh, And Mark yeah, Lloyd catches so up with her but gets no scoop because Tori Wilson's pretty much in tears right now. But afterwards... We get Matt Hardy taking on the big show. Yes. And what are the Matt facts this week? Matt hates cold weather. And Matt fact number two, not that this has any relevance in Canada, but Matt Hardy scored a 1330 on his SATs. Taz mentions that he did, he had a 430, which Michael Cole interjects and says that that's pretty much what you get for writing your name down. Yeah, you're legally retarded. Uh, that's what that. That's probably what that Brendan kid got on that Making a Murderer episode. Oh God, Brendan Dassey. <laughs> Fuck. I'm gonna make WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dan's gonna tape it. You're never gonna see that thing, motherfucker. Uh, we got a sign though. The greatest sign of the night. Big Show ate my Volkswagen. I quite enjoyed that one. Uh, but all I could think of watching this match traps was the Big Show stole Matt Hardy's pants. Yeah. Matt yeah. then kisses his way of a bear hug. Ends up actually biting Big Show's nose and actually drawing blood. Matt then jumps off the second rope into a choke slam. Big Show wins easily. And now it's time for another Big Show promo. He says he was the original next big thing. Yeah. So that makes him the previous big thing. Yeah, the not the next big thing, the last thing. This is I, I guess you're called the next big thing after you get jobbed out yeah. the first night you enter the company. No, see, Paul White was the next big thing. Big Show, never. But... Yeah, yeah. He, I guess Paul White was treated as the next big thing. Big Show has never been treated as a big thing. Only a big thing. He's yeah. big. That's all it is. Big in stature. Uh, but uh, Big Show says that uh, essentially that yeah, he's going to be the next. That's all he basically says. Yeah, for about four minutes, and then you can see the blood running down Show's nose. Uh, but this causes Brock to break a tube television backstage. Things much, are heavy and bulky. Much more satisfying than breaking an LCD item. Oh, yeah. And Heyman is, like, in the corner. Just yeah. trembling. Yeah, just scared to death. Brock! I bought you that! 
But next, Travis is a four-star Meltzer recommended match. Angle and Benoit versus Edge and Rey Mysterio. Uh, all Mysterio and Angle. Anytime you see those two in the ring together, it's amazing. Yeah, it's those two work so well together. Like you get, you know, Rey Mysterio doing this just weird baseball slide under Kurt Angle's legs, and then doing a kick. You know, just running around the ring. You know, just in chase. You know, I love uh, his speed defense. Yeah, you know, just just running around in a circle, waiting for him to get tripped up and do a six one nine. You know what I mean? Just great stuff. I can't stop hiccuping. Uh, but you know, the, this causes uh, Angle though to jump out of the ring with a uh, uh, Eddie or with a uh, Rey Mysterio doing a fakey twist. If it's, uh, fuck me. Either a way, fakey six one nine. Yes. Either way, Benoit is in the corner laughing. His Which ass is pretty off. much the exact way they used to use the six one nine back in WCW. Yes. As a fakey. Yes. Yes, exactly. He, instead of doing a, a suicide dive, you just fake it, right? Like, that's exactly what it was, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. You gotta be outside waiting. Uh, but we get a, a double spear by Edge onto Benoit and Angle. Edge props up Benoit on the top turnbuckle. We get that launching Hurricane Rana by Mysterio and Edge. Oh my god. It was a beautiful one, too. so much. Yeah, we get an even better one, though, I think, later on, in my opinion. Oh, the um, the one where he kind of does, like, the sit-down on him while the powerbomb yes. happens? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we get a, uh, Edge goes for a powerbomb again right now. It's actually the next one. Edge goes for a powerbomb. Mysterio's on the apron, springboards into an ass drop powerbomb and gets the first ass fall. drop. I call it a Bronco because it's like a Bronco buster. It kind of is. Without like fucking humping his face. Essentially. Essentially it is. It's, it's cause Rey Mysterio did do the Bronco buster. I'm for sure a that while. there's a word for it though. Cause I mean, that was like his finisher forever. Yes, yeah. Just sitting down on him like that once his yeah. knees were shot enough that he couldn't do a regular West Coast pop. Yeah, it's 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 sad to look at, but WWE ran to the ground. He yep. was a guy that should have had a shortened contract years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Uh, Benoit goes up on top with Mysterio on his shoulders, but Mysterio escapes and counters the attack into a top rope bulldog. Both men are down for the count. Edge gets the tag and starts cleaning house. Not even the cameramen are safe, Travis. Because Edge sends Benoit outside, he hits the cameraman, and the cameraman goes flying. You see everything. That's one of the advantages of it not being alive, is like you can see that, oh, this camera angle's funny. Yeah. Right, let's put that in and let's not interrupt it at all. Right, where if that was live, Kevin Dunn would be steering you away from that as soon as possible. Which takes away from the reality factor of it. Exactly. Edge goes for a spear, but Angle gets out of the way. Benoit is waiting for Edge and clocks him over the head with the tag team titles. What a thud, I thought. <laughs> just the sound coming from that just echoed. Uh, Angle has Edge in the angle, ankle lock, and the match is evened up. It's one to one in our two, two, two out of three falls match. In the third act, though, Travis, dissension sets in. And this is when I notice the fan of the night. Oh, who's that? On the hard camera, we have Leonard Skinnerd Cowboy. Oh, yes, I He's remember seeing him. He's fucking into this match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mysterio pulls out a Bronco Buster on Angle. Then Watt comes up from behind. It's a wicked-releasing German suplex. Uh, but then uh, Angle, we get an Angle Slam on Mysterio. It's countered. Always. All the Angle Slams always get countered. He gets pushed into Benoit, sending him outside. We get a drop toe hold to the middle rope. 619 is missed. Uh, Raven gets launched to the top turnbuckle. Lands on his feet. Jumps back on the shoulders of Angle. Twirls. Hurricane Rana attempt avoided into a roll-up by Mysterio. And the match is over. I, I'm glad you got all that because I wrote <laughs> great flippies on the ropes. 
float over sunset flip with shoddy pin for the win. Angle, or is it? Angle had the rope, though, with yes. just a T-H-O. <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking 15-year-old kid right now. Too much head. shit happened right now, so it's like, whoa. There was a lot. Like I, I had to focus in on that part. We get a lot of quick tags by Angle and Benoit. I, or Actually, okay, let's, let's, let's slow this down for a second. Angle has the ropes held. Uh, the ref didn't notice it at first. He noticed it as he was coming down on the three count. And he decides to reverse the call. The match, not the whole match, but the last fall will start over. Yeah. We get a lot of quick tags by Angle and Benoit, basically keeping each other fresh, isolating Ray from Edge, uh, for the you know just waiting for the big comeback. Ray finally gets the tag, and we get a top rope clothesline to Angle, and once again, Edge cleans house. Angle finds himself in the angle lock. Uh, sorry, Edge, Edge finds himself in the angle lock. Uh, reversing it, sending uh, sending Angle's head into the bottom turnbuckle, where Mysterio hits a 619 from the floor. Beautiful. It was. Edge hits a spear, but Benoit goes up to break up the pin with an Air Canada, but Angle's, he hits Angle instead. You know, this has happened many times already. Let me use the most overused phrase on SmackDown this year. Edge showing great ring presence here. <laughs> <laughs> just just superb uh, but yeah so Edge goes for the pin after the uh, missed Air Canada and we have new tag team champions Edge and Rey Mysterio beautiful this match was 24 minutes long oh, it was so felt good. like 12 you know it was it was the shortest match in the world in my opinion can't get over how good this match was oh it was fantastic like, if when you see these four competitors even associated with each other having a match together, you know it's going to be just fantastic. Yeah. No matter what. No yeah. matter what. Backstage, Eddie says he agrees with Paul when he says that Brock can't beat Big Show. In fact, he can't beat Eddie Guerrero. You um you missed Mark Lloyd in a Big Show here. Um, or, or did I? Oh, he just... <laughs> well, Mark Lloyd's being really smug and ignorant. He's like, since you've shown such an interest in Lesnar, who do you think's going to win the match tonight? And Big, Show says, Big Show says the big, he's going to win. This makes no fucking sense. Big Show, you're too big for your own good. All the blood can't reach your head. Uh, but backstage, Eddie agreed with Paul, blah, 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 said that he can't even beat Eddie Guerrero. Brock comes storming out. Just like a fucking bull in a china shop. Just fucking breaking vases everywhere. But Paul's had enough. He's sick of this shit. Heyman says that he has to prove his point. He's not going out to Lesnar tonight in his match against Eddie. See how you fare this time. Now it's time for our main event. Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. Cole states, and I quote, that Brock Lesnar is on a lunatic fringe. Trust I've heard that somewhere before. Where have I heard that saying before? Yeah. I I'm pretty sure I, Michael Cole said it before, didn't he? I feel like he has. Like once or twice at least. I feel like that that is vintage Michael Cole right there. Yeah. Vintage. I don't know. I don't. I think that might have been some, some random indie guy from CZW, I guess. Eddie's lurking outside to try and set up Lesnar. Maybe it's from um, a guy that sounds like Mox John. John. Uh, maybe. maybe Mon, a, wasn't it Dwight Yoko? Mon. Joxley, I think it was his uh, name. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Dwight Yoakam. Pretty Dwight sure. Yoakam? Pretty sure it was Dwight Yoakam. Could have been Dexy's Midnight Runners. I don't know what the fuck that is. Not even, not, not even the faintest idea. Ra, Lu, Ra, Tu, Ra, Lu, Ra, eh? 
Oh, fuck. That. <laughs> <laughs> so as Brock Lesnar is walking to the ring, Eddie is lurking around outside. And he decides he's going to ambush Lesnar, which doesn't work at all. Yeah. Lesnar's having none of it. He throws thrusts him into the uh, the, the ring. Uh, we go into, into the ring. Eddie tries to apply a headlock and gets thrown across the ring. Continuing to club Eddie and eventually applying some sort of chicken wing backbreaker. Don't think I've seen that one before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't recall it ever. Lesnar just tears Eddie apart yeah. in this match. Yeah. This is not a back and forth match, really, no. by no means. No, not even, not even. This is just someone that is really willing to sell for Brock Lesnar that's somewhat of a bigger name. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Eddie does try to bring in a little bit of psychology in this match by laying the boost to Lesnar and working the legs. Uh, you know, you can't lift shit if you got no support, right? Uh, Eddie then applies the lasso from El Paso, which I was shocked that he was able to get it in. The announcers were saying that he, they were surprised. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't last for long. Lesnar pushes his way out of it. Probably got a cramp or something. I was like, I'm getting you out of here, Eddie. Sorry, brother. Uh, but uh, let's, let's, let's get ourselves to the end of this match here. Chavo climbs the turnbuckle, but Brock pushes Eddie into the ropes to send Chavo flying. He then hits an F5 to Eddie for the win. <laughs> Just boom, done. Yep. It was a good match. You know, it was okay. It held itself up at least. You they know, have like, a much better match in about a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. At No Way Out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, at least having to go after that tag team match, it kept my attention enough to even, to be into it. Sure, absolutely. So that that was okay. Well, we get Lesnar celebrating on the ramp, and all of a sudden, here comes Sneaky Big Show. First off, whoever like I don't believe Big Show can sneak up on people like this running. No, no, it, it doesn't happen. He's got a lead foot like the Band Aid Nose Man. When he'd walk, the whole place shakes. The Band Aid Nose Man. Yeah, that's the guy from the X Files. Isn't that what they called him? The Band-Aid Nose Man? I thought he was a trash man. No, that was the artist. I thought he was the trash man. Oh, no, no. I think it was the Band-Aid, because he always had a Band-Aid on his okay, nose. Okay, I, I wasn't too and they sure. Explained, they explained in the show that like, the Band-Aid is under his nose because that's how he kept the nose together while he was uh, forming it. Fuck, that's nasty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Big Show goes for a sneak attack, just like he had done with The Undertaker a few weeks back. That rhymed. Uh, show would then hoist Lesnar over his head, toss him down to the equipment below. Travis, can Brock bounce back from this minor setback? I don't know. Can he bounce back better than mean Mark Callis did? Find out next week on the Federation Podcast. We'll look at the November 14th, 2002 edition of SmackDown, which is quoted as its description being, despite recent injuries, WWE champion Brock Lesnar looks for payback on the big show, plus John Cena, Kurt Angle, and many more in action. Oh, man, I'm excited. Oh, it's... it's. I am feral with anticipation. Feral. Yeah. So, I discovered something this morning. Yes. And it relates to AJ Styles and his WWE run. I'm not too sure if anyone has ever touched upon this yet, but I... Decided to decipher what lyrical content is in AJ Styles' theme. Yeah. And I think that the WWE are taking liberal shot, like, I don't know about liberal shots, yeah, liberal shots at AJ Styles with the theme. Okay. 
Do you want me to read the lyrics to you? Yeah, no, go for it. So. They don't want none. Nope. They don't want none. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they looking scared, but they don't really want none. They, they looking scared. No, they really don't want none. <laughs> this gets to the good part. That, that's just the chorus. That's like that's like that's like a little kid walking up to a group of kids. Is like I want to play with these guys. He's walking, he's walking, he's looking at their faces. Nope. They don't want none of this. <laughs> Better turn around now. So here we go. <laughs> we the Southern boys with some finer strengths. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain. You can be next. You better give respect. Cause no, but no, cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck. I'm a Mack truck. You get run over. We some country boys working overtime for it. <laughs> kings of the South. Kings of the South. Oh, you, know, the you know who the fucking Kings of the South are? The Ku Klux Klan, aren't they? Uh, I, I wouldn't call them kings. I feel like I, I feel would like be that racist they the I feel like that the Ku Klux Klan have referenced themselves as being the kings of the South. My knowledge of the Ku Klux Klan comes from the Dave Chappelle show. Okay. Um, <laughs> kings of the South. We ain't, we never had nothing. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't had nothing. <laughs> Some blue collar boys doing with their hands running. What the fuck is that? They don't want none. Nope. They don't want none. Nope. They looking scared. No, they don't really want none. Now, it's- every single one of these goddamn verses has a reference to being Southern, being a redneck. Being a country boy? Being a blue-collar boy? I got a question, Travis. So they're blatantly trying to make him look like a goddamn redneck. Travis, on SmackDown this week... He get, said, he loses to fucking Chris Jericho. Well, not it's not even... That's not even where I'm going, because like, you can turn that into a storyline. Okay. I, I don't mind that. But he, he legit says on the mic, Yeah, I'm redneck. I'm proud of it. Oh, god damn it. And it's just like, oh, we're going down this path, eh? And it's just like... Has AJ Styles ever in his career been depicted as a quote unquote redneck? Not when he was being pushed. No. He's been the phenomenal one with a southern accent. So this guy finds his niche in New Japan Pro Wrestling as a character and as a wrestler. And WWE decide to do whatever they want with him because they know better. You know what? I think that this is proof right here, along with the proof that is visually on Raw and SmackDown every week, that they don't give a shit about this guy. No. They took him because they can take him to make other companies flounder and for them to always stay strong because they just got him and they're going to use him up until he retires to make sure that he doesn't help anyone else out <laughs> to help make their company better. He's well, just going to sit in WWE, have a couple great matches. He's never going to fucking do anything relevant. I, I don't think so either, but now the, the same was said about Daniel Bryan. I'm pissed off. I'm I'm hot. I'm hot! <laughs> um, I, know, I, I can agree with you. I, I now, like, you can say that maybe you're reading too far into the song. Come on! Ain't nobody now, kicking down his red neck. Now the nope, they don't want no nope. No that part, that part I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> just I could just picture like literally AJ Styles walking up to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon looking at him just like, nope, nope, turn around, nope, not getting a job here. But that, that's that's what I can see. But uh, I agree that uh, I don't think AJ Styles will amount to much in the WWE. Just I look at it as let's get AJ Styles because everybody hates us. 
This is like a Band-Aid. It's like a PR move. Yeah, this is basically a Band-Aid for the show. Add a different name that a lot of people like, and people will tune in for that alone. Try to help the ratings as they flounder. Like, the fact that the ratings are as low as they are in WrestleMania season right now is is abysmal. It's yeah. Bad. It's bad. Uh, but, but that is not going to stop the WWE because... On their conference call for the fourth quarter of 2015, highest revenue ever. So, fuck you fans. This is our show. But uh, with that being said, I'd say we could put a cork into this episode. Don't you say so yourself, Travis? I <clears> think so. I'm gonna, I can't wait to go online and check and see if Lucha Underground is on. Me too. I'm going to watch Portlandia too tonight, which has Glenn Danzig on it. Oh, not bad. Yeah, not bad. yeah. Cheap plug. I, uh, I I also want to give a, I think, uh, I'd listened to the first episode of Colt Cabana's uh, new... Wrestling Fringe. Wrestling Fringe. Yeah. I would definitely subscribe to Howl just to listen to those three episodes. Oh, cool. I, I thought it was, it was very interesting for like a 20-minute 20 20 fix. It's nice, nice, nice little stories. Story about, uh, I think, what's his name, Ted McGee? No. Todd McGee? I have no idea, Todd. He was, he was hired by the WWF in the mid-80s to take over for Hogan when he gets old. Turns out he's garbage. Huh. And the WWE won't even release the match they have with Bret Hart. Wow. Cole Cabana said that he requested it because they heard it was an amazing match and he sucked after it. Bret Hart basically just you know, made him look like a million bucks. And Cole Cabana tried to get it, to watch it, and WWE wouldn't do it. Wow. Yeah, so it, it goes into bigger bigger and more more things, but it, it, that's just the gist of it. That's it for here. For <laughs> let's start that over, Travis. That's it for us here at the Federation Podcast. This week will be the uh, second episode for Mucha Lucha this weekend, where we'll discuss the third episode of Lucha Underground. That gets a little confusing uh, for season two. My guest this week will be Rob Lafoon, singer, songwriter, Triple X movie extra, and now trained to take over the wrestling industry. So be sure to check out that on MoFudge.com and iTunes. So also be sure to check out us on Twitter at the Federation, on Facebook. Face, you know, the Federation Podcast, MoFudge.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and more. Where can they find you, Travis? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at <coughs> FudgingUp333 and be on the lookout for a future project that will be dropping in the nearby future, I hope. We have some episodes planned and in in, in the works. In, in, in the books. <laughs> in the works? In the books? Am I saying this right? <laughs> Am I promoting this? It, 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 it's coming out soon. It's coming out soon, and yeah, yeah. You, I'm sure we will. Uh, we will keep you posted as it comes closer on this show. Yes. Uh, so uh, you know, let's, let's let's end this with the way we always end this, Travis. Keep on rocking the free world. No, actually, no, I did it last time. Go ahead. He's back, eh? Who's back? Nardwar. After really? a stroke, he's already back. Where? Well, who he's doing his thing? No, but who? Like who? Like who did he interview? Oh, Ty Siegel. Not bad, not bad. Going back to another right, Federation right. podcast episode, so you can check that one. I can't remember what episode it is. Oh God, fuck! I think it was the episode after the uh, the Los Angeles album. Could oh X, the X one, which would be at that was the payback episode. Mm. So whatever episodes after payback could be the Ty Siegel. Episode. There we go. Well, anyways. Harken back there if you're interested and keep on rocking in a free world and... Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. This is Spinaki. Smackdown. Number one. Awesome.
This has been a MoFudge production. Executive producers Joel Morgan and Tyler Fudge. For more, go to MoFudge.com. I love MoFudge.